This is episode 58, Independent Women with Carla Biesinger. Welcome to Human at Heart. I'm your host, Sophia. I'm an entrepreneur, coach and creative business consultant, yoga teacher and former lawyer. I'm on a mission to humanize how we live and do business. Each week, I share inspiring thoughts and intimate conversations with curious humans, creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who share their perspectives on what it means to be human. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, give the podcast a rating and review. It really helps the podcast grow and I would so appreciate it. And now, here we go. My guest today is Carla Biesinger. Carla is a business mentor and online course creator who helps women build profitable businesses through the power of online marketing. After building a seven-figure business in Argentina, she felt compelled to teach her methods of online growth to other business owners. She launched her first online course in 2016 and has since taught over 7,000 clients how to grow their brand, audience, and income online. In this episode, Carla and I talk about why women often support somebody else's vision and not their own, how we as women get to build a meaningful life for ourselves, if women can truly have it all, and the freedom and challenges of being an entrepreneur. Hi, Carla. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Super excited to be here, Sophia. <laughs> Thanks me for having too, me. Me too. Me <laughs> too. I'm so curious. Um, it's always so fun to see what will come through, you know, because you can have an outline, you can have a script, you can have all the things, but then, um, you know, you never know what actually is going to happen. So very excited. So glad that you're here. Thank you. <laughs> and I always like to start with um, my favorite question, which is, what does it mean for you to be human? Ooh, interesting question, especially because I just read the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. <laughs> and I'm not a super woo-woo person, but I do believe being human and having this lifetime, I believe like if we have this one lifetime, it, it means we're here to learn something and we're here to have our soul's journey or to complete the next step in our soul's journey. And it is our duty to make the most out of this life that we've, we've been given. Mm, I love that. It's our duty to make the most out of this life that we've been given. Mm, so good. No Are regrets. Like, wait again? <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no regrets, yeah. Um, I feel like this is, I, I'm kind of like, when I think of you, I think of like living your dreams and like, like turning your passion or like setting your life up in a way that you can live like essentially your dreams. Right. And I feel like it kind of falls into that. It's our duty to like, to live our life to the fullest. But before we go deeper into that, is there like other particular moments when you're like, Oh, that's when I feel the most human or like the most alive. Oh, I guess the, for me, the, the moments when I feel most alive is obviously when I'm either experiencing something that's, you know, traveling where you're just like having this sensory overload and you're just experiencing something new. And then also just feeling really in my body. Like, for example, I love going dancing and I feel like that's something where you're just like feeling your body, you're hearing the music, but you're just like really in that present moment. Yeah, those would be two examples that come straight to mind. Mm -hmm. Also, sometimes in my 
in my business, obviously when I'm doing something where I feel like, yes, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. That feels really aligned at times. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I like that. Okay. Um, I'm so curious about this. So I want to jump right in. Um, you started your first business in Argentina with your then boyfriend, right? Yeah. And um, I, I read this um, and I think it's so relevant for so many people um, that like that, that I'm putting words in your, into your mouth, but you can just kind of like speak from your perspective in, in one second, um, you know, that you were kind of like essentially helping your then partner build his business um, and or like manifest his dream, make his dream come true. And after a while, you know, like you had to realize, oh, whoa, this is actually somebody else's dream. Right. And I think that is so common um, in, you know, in not just in romantic context, also in professional context that often and, and even just for myself, I find it so easy to slip into this role because I, I know how I can help somebody else, like make their dream happen. Um, so I think it's so relevant. So I would love for us to talk about that a little bit. So when did you realize, wait, this is not my dream. This is somebody else's life, you know, that I'm, uh, I'm just helping them essentially. Yeah. So I think I realized it. So we were together for five years and I was in Argentina for four of those years mm -hmm. with him. That's where we met actually. Mm -hmm. So I think I've realized, I mean, I've realized pretty much from the beginning that it was his business, even though I came in like pretty much on day two, right? So I was there pretty much from the beginning, but it was once we got an investor about 18 months in who is also a man. And um, I just started realizing like, okay, my opinion, like while it's valued by my ex, it's actually not moving anything. Like it was a lot between him and then the investor. And also interesting, like he's English, the investor is Argentine, but it, I kind of had this experience of like, oh yeah, maybe it's me being a woman. Maybe it's me being young. Maybe it's me just being me, not having that much experience that like I can't actually drive any decisions. And so a lot of things happened once we got the investment where I felt like, I don't feel good about this. I, this is not what I feel like we should be doing, but it was just kind of like overruled, overruled, overruled. Mm. And so I think for me really like three years in was when I actually should have left because it was really that like third, fourth year where I was just in a really bad place because one, I was so in love with this guy, mm. you know, I really thought he was like the one mm. and I really wanted to make it work, but at the same time, I was so unhappy with that whole situation of, you know, we were like eight people living together, all working together, stressed about money 24 seven. Uh, and it was just so hard on, on, on me. And then the real moment when I realized like, oh my God, I just spent five years of my life building someone else's dream was when we broke up and he kept the restaurant. Eventually he sold it. He like bought me, like bought me out. Basically, mm -hmm. uh, I only had 5%, so it was very little, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it was basically the money I got. I invested in business coaching, which helped me get to where I am today. Mm -hmm. But that was really the moment where I was like, wow, I'm now 29. I have nothing to my name. I'm moving back in with my mom and he gets everything. 
And that was yeah. a little soul destroying. It's all good now. We're good friends, but that was definitely a tough, tough realization. And what, what helped you make that decision? Like to be like, wait, let me get out of this. So it was actually kind of forced on me. So we got an offer to open a restaurant in Barcelona. So the two of us moved to Barcelona while the restaurant in Argentina was still going. And literally in the last minute, the investors pulled out. And so we were pretty lost. The business, meanwhile, in Argentina, the whole management, the whole team situation was a shit show, if I can say mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And so he went back to Argentina and I just said, I am never going back to Argentina. So it literally was like forced up on me. We yeah. then did long distance for about a year and then eventually realized like, this isn't working. Yeah. Um, so it actually, I wasn't actually strong enough to come to that decision myself, sadly. Yeah. Well, um, it doesn't even have to be like that always, right? Sometimes mm. it's good that there is other factors that yeah. help us with that stuff, you know. And did that, like, would you say that this is the beginning that inspired you to the mission that you have today, like to help women, like, you know, um, be independent, free and, and kind of like live the life that they want to live um, and, you know, have the fi financial means to do that, obviously? Yeah, 100%. Because I was like, I will never be in a position where I'm like depending on a man financially. Mm -hmm. And I will never give up years and years of my life for someone else who might then, you know, it might not work out. Mm -hmm. And I think so many women, and it's just such a tough topic because I obviously know like if you have kids, you know, as the mom, in most cases, you are giving up your career or you're like slow tracking your career, yeah. right? You're the person who is mainly looking after the kids. Um, things are obviously changing a little bit and it's not yeah. the general rule for everyone. But I think in a lot of cases that still mm -hmm. happens for women, which is also why I'm like terrified of actually <laughs> committing to wanting that. But yeah, I think yeah. at least if you can build something for yourself, so you decide what you do with your money and how you invest it, that's the most powerful thing a woman can do. I agree. I agree. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I feel like this is a little bit connected also to this idea that like women are often told like we can have it all. And like, while that's a beautiful idea, I think it makes it hard sometimes in reality to make the decisions we need to make, right? Because like you were just saying, If you are an entrepreneur of whatever your career is, actually, if you become a mom and you want to be present for your kids, you probably have to make some changes. Right. And I wonder what your take is, especially as an entrepreneur. Um, do you feel like you can have it all? So I think it's very interesting to like a lot of these beliefs obviously are formed by what we see. Yeah. And uh, so we have, your listeners might not know this, but we have a common friend. Yeah. <laughs> and they know, <laughs> they know now. And she is definitely an absolute expander for me when it comes to that, because I see like her husband should win husband of the year and dad of the year award every single year. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing to see how in their relationship, you know, he does help a lot and he takes care of the baby a lot. And yes, while she right now is like primarily a mom, I mean, the baby's only a few months old. Mm -hmm. I know that she will be going off and she will be working in whatever she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And she's also someone who is like, if I want to do this, I'm just going to get a nanny to like cover my shift or whatever, 
you know, like she's really someone who definitely acts in, in a way, like in the most positive sense that she's like, yeah, I get to go to this class. I get to like fill my own cup and I yeah. also get to be super present with my husband and with my kids. So knowing her and seeing her like becoming a mom, I feel like my answer is much closer to a yes. <laughs> but I think it's obviously that, right? Like if I know for, for myself, if I have the financial means to have help, it would be completely, a completely different situation than if I don't. Yeah. So money obviously plays a role in that. I, yeah. I really think that's the case. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like, and I, I think that's so important, especially for entrepreneurs, because there's a little less stability and at least in the beginning and being an entrepreneur to like ask ourselves that, right. And to ask ourselves, like, what do we really want? Which I feel like it's so connected to everything we've been talking about already. It's what do I actually want for my life? Right. And am I okay to you know, have an, if I can afford it, but am I okay to have a nanny or do I actually want to be present with my kids? Right. And if my answer is, yes, I want to have my own business. And, you know, like obviously there's ways so that that income is also passive, right. Which I know you're big on also, but if I want to have my own business and it, it requires some of my presence and I also want to be present with my kids and I don't want to have, you know, a nanny take care of them most of the time, then, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So I actually have to ask myself that question. I have to ask myself, okay, what is actually important to me, right? Yeah. How do I actually want to live? And then that also might mean I have to make an like honest decision for myself, right? And if, if it's really important to be really present with kids, then it's probably not going to work to run a you know, huge company that requires a lot of my presence, right? Yeah. So um, I think it's so important to like ask ourselves this question, just like in general, right? What do I actually want? Like not what does my partner want or what does, you know, somebody else that I feel like I'm supporting their vision, their mission, their dream, uh, what do they want? But what I, what do I actually want? And, um, and it's not that easy because it's, there's a lot of noise and a lot of distraction. Um, so yeah, I think it's such an important thing to consider. Um, and I wonder the women that you work with, what do you notice like about where they are at in terms of, I have a vision for myself. I have a dream for myself. I want to make it happen. Are they like fully like, yes on that? Or, or is there also some, oh, I don't really know. Should I go for it? Um, I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's actually a mix Right. And it's quite interesting because often there's women who don't have the financial security that maybe having a, a partner or a husband or such brings mm. that they're like, I need to make this work because it's yeah. just me. I then also have women who are moms, who are um, wives, who are like, no, this is my dream. Like I'm making this happen. And like these super moms, you know, who seem to be yeah. able to do it all. So I have both of those. And then, you know, there's definitely also people who are maybe still have a job and mm. they're like, yeah, I would kind of like this, but I'm just kind of dabbling a little bit. Mm. And it's, you know, maybe it's a side hustle and that's mm. also totally okay. And yeah. maybe the whole goal isn't to turn that into a X figure business, mm. um, but they're just doing it more as a passion project. Mm. So I think 
you know, when there's a, a difference between doing something just for the purpose of like, it gives you joy and you're not necessarily using it as your main income source. Mm. And then there's obviously turning your passion into a business, mm. which then is a slightly different thing because then it's like, okay, yes, I, I think you have to feel passionate about what you do because uh, it gets difficult from time to time. Yeah. So there has to be that passion and that why behind it. But you're not just doing it because it's fun. Like mm -hmm. you also need to live from that. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, there's like different mm -hmm. scenarios, I would say. Yeah. How was it for you when you, after Argentina, like when you started, after that you did start like building an online business, right? And like, how was it, how was that process for you? Like, what did you learn in the beginning? So in the beginning, I actually, after I left, so after the whole Spain restaurant didn't happen, I got a job with a friend in Mexico. So I was working with him for about five months. He had an online marketing agency. So it was a really interesting experience for me because at that point I was 29 and I had never had a real job. Like I worked in cafes and such when I was a student, but I never had this experience of going to an office, sitting there nine to five. And I really didn't like it. <laughs> so I pretty quickly realized, like, I think I have to start something on my own. I know I don't want to have a big team. I know I don't want to have something that like ties me down like a restaurant. So I started taking online courses to learn about how to sell stuff online and eventually just kind of thought, oh, actually creating an online course seems quite doable. So maybe I just start with that. And in the beginning, like then I was living in Mexico. Before that, I was living in Argentina. So life in those countries is very cheap. Mm -hmm. So my initial goal was just to make $1,500 a month. That was just like, I know I can live really well in these countries. Then I moved to New York City and $1,500 doesn't even cover your rent. <laughs> No. So I had to learn pretty quickly that in the Western world, like you need to aim a little higher. Mm. And that I think it took me about two years. I was, I moved to New York when I was in my first, like after my first six months, I think after starting my business. And I very quickly was like, okay, I need to up my game. I need to aim higher. I need to surround myself with people who are aiming higher. Um, and it took me about two years until I really started to make enough money to be able to actually live in the Western world. Wow. And what made you kind of like, uh, tell me a little bit more of like how it continued for you and like the bridge from, from then to now. Sure. So... Uh, I was living in New York for two years and I was actually, well, I was living out of a suitcase for two years because I had to leave every three months because I couldn't get a visa. Oh, yeah. So that was problem number one. I just, my, my, my idea was like, okay, maybe I can find someone who will marry me so I can get a visa. <laughs> Or maybe if my real dream is staying in New York, I might have to get a job. So the marriage thing didn't work. So I actually, um, two years in, I found someone who offered me to sponsor my visa and who offered me a job. And it was a very big turning point because it, I came to face this decision where I was like, okay, I either let go of my dream of running my own business and I get to stay in New York, or I let go of my dream of living in New York and I leave to somewhere where life is cheaper and I continue growing my business. 
And I'll never forget, I, my dad had come to visit me. I was in a really bad place. Uh, we w did a road trip from Las Vegas to San Francisco. And I had just, before he came, I had just gone to this business coaching event. And I was telling him about this coach and I was telling him about this mastermind that she was offering. And I was like, I don't know if I should try again. I just feel like it's such a struggle. And my dad was like, I think you should try again. And this was a big moment because he's a doctor and I always had like this chip on my shoulder that I'm not good enough because I'm not a doctor. And him saying like, I think you should try again. It just was like a big sign for me. Mm. And so I turned down the job offer. I moved to Berlin where life is a lot cheaper than in New York. Uh, I invested, I basically put down the $5,000 deposit for the coaching program and I paid six months rent in Berlin up front. And I was basically, that was all the money I had. And then within the first month of working with that coach, I made a couple of thousand dollars. The month after I doubled that. Mm -hmm. And then within like 10 months, I had made my first six figure income. Wow. So, and from there it was just kind of, I, you know, I built this funnel and then I just had the belief that this is working. I hired someone to help me run ads and then mm -hmm. COVID happened and I just had a huge breakthrough. So yeah, it was a lot of little moments, big decisions. And then eventually it was just like, okay, this is working. We're doing this. I love it. What has it allowed you like for your personal life? Because I know that this is like, you support other women in, in creating that sort of freedom. And, and you also have that for yourself. So building that business, what has that allowed you personally in terms of your life setup? Yeah. So, I mean, I sometimes forget how, how much freedom I have in my life, you know, in terms of taking a day off whenever I want to, flying wherever I want to, when I want to, you know, going to the beach on a Tuesday because I feel like it, yeah. uh, that a lot of that freedom, which I definitely love so much and that never gets old. The ability to, I don't, I don't like the cold. So the ability to go away every winter for at least a month and spend it somewhere warm and new and exciting. And then last year, I think that was probably the biggest, I don't even know how to put it, but I basically bought an apartment here in Lisbon. And this for the first time, I feel like I've, I've created my own like safety. I've created my own security that no one can take away from me. And that was pretty huge. Oh, I bet. I bet. What I also wanted to ask you in that context, because um, I heard you say before that um, you and, and you just said it now also, actually, that you never really had like a corporate job, like uh, because there's a lot of people who they work in corporate for a couple of years and then they start their own thing, whatever it is. Right. Be it a startup or like a lifestyle business. Who cares? Or where that's even like, you know, they have been like living this like just like life as society wants them to live it. And then there's like a turning point, you know, where they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I feel like that is the typical story, right? There is like people have like created maybe some safety and, you know, I don't know, worked in like a, as a lawyer, whatever, made a lot of money. And then they, they, they dare to take the step, which that isn't your story, right? So what, what does that mean for you when you sometimes hear these sort of stories or, or when people talk about like their stable job, like, do you ever think like, Ooh, I wish that, that could be nice or, or that must be nice to just know every month this is coming into my account, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, it's actually super interesting. So I would say that 90% of the people in my life are entrepreneurs. So I don't have a lot of those conversations, but I'm actually dating someone who has a real job. (laughs) (laughs) A real job. (laughs) And it was super interesting for me in the beginning to just learn about it. Like I was really, and I still am like so curious just because I have never had this experience. And he's been in the same job for many, many years Mm -hmm. and just kind of climbed the corporate ladder and he loves it. Right. So yes, there have been moments where I was like, oh, I wonder what that, what that, that would be like, especially, you know, because in every business, it doesn't matter whether you're in year one or year seven, like me, there's moments where things don't work. And where you're like, why is this so hard right now? And that was, I've definitely had thoughts like that in the past few months where I was like, hmm, would I want to try a job? And then as I think about it, I'm like, hmm, unless it was like maybe a room, like, I don't even know. I feel like what's appealing to me with having a real job is the whole idea of going into an office, meeting like up with your colleagues, having coffee. (laughs) Um, definitely getting that paycheck at the end of the month and not having that anxiety around where your next sale is coming from. Uh, but I think I would really struggle with someone telling me you have to be in this meeting, even though I think it's pointless, (laughs) you, uh, no, you can't take Fridays off like that loss of freedom. I don't don't know how much, how long I would last. It would be an interesting experiment. (laughs) Yeah. And like, there, there's like nothing wrong with either. Right. And it's like, it all comes back to the, what, what works for you? What, what do you want? How do you want to do it? And um that's awesome right that there is like people that are like oh my god i actually i i the stability is everything for me and and then there's people like you and me who are like not sure i can do that you know and like for me like because i i have a little bit like i have i had some stable jobs but it's um it's almost like my body is like can't go back Mm, like yeah even if I, tr- sometimes I also think like, oh, I mean, could be nice. Like, you know, maybe if it was part-time or something like this, then I'm like, hmm. like there is like a, a physical resistance because the freedom is like so important to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I feel like that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Like what you're sharing. Mm. What does it mean for you? Like, I'm curious because you're just saying, you know, because even like a couple, like many years in, seven years in, there's still uh, maybe moments where you're like, oh, where's the next paycheck going to come from? And I was like, does this still happen seven years in or is it, uh, does that stop at some point? So I had some really big changes in my business this year. I think the past three years, so all of 2020, 2021, 2022, I was in a very good place, but my income and my sales were very much depending on Facebook ads because I was Mm. running a lot of ads. I had hired an agency that was very expensive. Mm. And so while it was working really, really well, I always had a lot of anxiety around like, you know, what if the ads stop working? Um, some periods it's like you, you're spending thousands of dollars a day. And then when there's a few days where you're not making money, you're like, oh my God, is this the moment where it stops working? Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
that for me was a, a kind of a moment where I'm like, I don't want to feel like this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I need to diversify a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then earlier this year, my ads just kind of stopped working. Mm -hmm. And so I eventually made the decision to fire my ad agency and to turn off all of my ads. And mm -hmm. that was a really scary decision. I'm so glad I did it because I feel like mentally in a much better place, but that was like, okay, so I guess I'm kind of starting over mm -hmm. with a lot of knowledge, <laughs> but it's like a new era in my business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely, you know, I could have probably kept it going, but it just was a, at a point where I'm like, this is too stressful and it's mm -hmm. actually not profitable enough mm -hmm. for me to continue with this mm -hmm. strategy. So yeah, this year was a little bumpy, but I'm actually feeling like more aligned than I have in a long time. So I guess it's the, the life of an entrepreneur. It's always up and down. Yeah, it is. And I guess you just have to embrace it, right? Yeah. You just have to be okay with it. Yeah. And, and I guess that happens just over time. Wouldn't you say like, I think you eventually build enough trust in yourself to be like, okay, I can handle this. Like, yes, it sucks when you're in it. But like, for me, it was like, okay, let's actually look at the facts. Like I have built a cushion for myself. Even if I don't sell anything for the rest of the year, I'm still okay. Yeah. I have built an email list. I know that when I launch to my list, I can easily make 10K. So like really looking at the facts. And I think like over the years, you just learn to build that trust and be like, I think I'm going to be okay. Mm. In the beginning, you just don't have that yet. So in the beginning, I think it's actually really important to build that mindset practice and to, you know, really continue to act from a place of trust, try different things, look at what was working, but really being open to like, experimenting with different things because that's really the only way of how you'll figure out what works for you yeah um, and then tell me a little bit about passive income which you uh, you have the passive income accelerator i mean i guess like if you're doing online courses that is a little bit you have like some passive income right so that's kind of like what you've been always doing but it feels like it's also like a little bit of a new direction that this is kind of like how you uh, speak to people so tell me a little bit about how did that come about and 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 what does that especially like I feel like there is like a soul thing in there like a purpose thing tell me about that yeah so for the first six years in my business I was mainly selling my Instagram online course mm -hmm. right that's kind of what I made my name with teaching women how to grow their following online, how to get clients through Instagram, etc. That's what my funnel was. That's where basically 90% of my income was coming from. Mm. And while I still love Instagram and I still use it for my business, I, I guess at some point I was just like, I want to teach something else and I really want to help women make more money and Instagram, it just seems to be a bit slow for some people. Like, and mm. also that whole game of like, I have to follow you to see if you follow me back, etc. So mm. I guess it was actually last year I went for a walk and I was like, I feel like my clients, like they're always asking about passive income. So maybe I can create a program. And I literally that walk, I came up with the idea. I came back, I posted an Instagram story about it. I was like, I think I want to create this program. Would you be interested? 
And I, within 24 hours, I had five or six people signed up and I wow. just, I just ran it without having anything created and I loved it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to actually turn this into a program. And so I actually recorded a bunch of extra video lessons. I relaunched it in March this year. And then now we're just relaunching it for the second time. And obviously with any program, like it just grows and gets better over time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm super excited about it because it's really like actually what I've been doing since day one. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're like, okay, it took me seven years to understand that this is maybe the thing. Um, but hey, I got there in the end. Yes, yes, I love it. Um, and I like I can really feel like how your like kind of like personal mission also like to help women to have a passive income and to. Yeah, just to live from, in my words, right? To live like their life in a way that they want to live it uh, and with the freedom that, that they want to have, right? Not everybody desires that. And I wonder like what for you, like as a person, like, you know, now you, you, you figured out this new kind of like way to, to run your business. Like you've made some big changes for you. Like what is kind of like, what are the next visions or like next steps for you both? Like just as a human and maybe then also if it's connected to your business. Yeah. So, you know, 2021 and 2022 were my two seven figure years. Mm. And I actually realized this year that a lot of that, like making seven figures and, you know, growing the business to this, size i did it because i wanted approval from my dad (laughs) it's so like i like it's not pathetic i know like everyone has things like that but when i realized i was like wow like i'm literally just trying to grow my business in order to tell my dad look at what i've built Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even like care about that you know he just wants me to be happy so i've realized earlier this year with all of these shifts like actually I don't care about, you know, making seven figures or pushing it to the next level, because at the end of the day, like, I don't want to have all that anxiety around, you know, like I was spending $10,000 a month just on my team. Mm. Then I was spending thousands and thousands on ads. Mm. And so now I'm like, actually, I just really want to continue living my life full of freedom. I want to do work that really fulfills me and work with clients where I see I'm making an impact. And I actually, quite frankly, don't care how many figures I make. I know, obviously, like I have a a standard of living that's very different from seven years ago. And I definitely like this Mm -hmm. lifestyle, but I don't like, I don't, you know, I like, I don't spend money on, on things. Like Mm. I don't need like designer bags, have one, never use it. Like those things don't matter to me. Uh, I definitely like experiences. I like travel. Those are things that I'm going to continue to spend money on. I like food. Uh, I've, you know, I now buy cocktails instead of like one euro beer. (laughs) (laughs) These are definitely things lifestyle wise that I love, Mm. but I don't want the stress that I had with how I was running my business before. So I think as a goal for me, it's just to enjoy life more, have less stress, less anxiety, uh, and continue to to do what I love. I love that. And I think it's so important to like recognize when there is like, when we're doing something for a different reason, right? Like, 
and and often it's like it's parents i noticed that like with some of the kind of like my mentors uh, i i was trying to do things like they do them not even like really thinking about like wait is does this actually feel aligned with me right yeah. and and i i'm 100% certain like if you haven't already you will also notice that the more you are doing it your way in a way that feels aligned and in, in, in alignment with your mission um the opportunities will come yeah you know totally yeah. yeah so cool what is your definition or like how have you dealt with failure because i think that's like a big reason why why people don't start a business um because they're like oh, what if i fail yeah <laughs> so i mean i've definitely had experiences like usually around launching right when i'm like i have this expectation and i don't hit that goal where it kind of felt like, oh, I failed at this. Mm -hmm. In the end, I think these are really all just lessons that teach you the thing you need to learn in order to progress. I think the only real failure would be completely giving up, right? And even then you, you would have had a, a life lesson. So I really don't believe in failure in that way. And I know like we're both from Germany and I think it's a very interesting culture to grow up in where like failure is bad. <laughs> you don't want to fail. And people I think are not very encouraging. This is generalizing obviously, but in yeah. Germany, it's like, when you say like, I'm going to try this, I'm going to start my own thing. And they're like, Ooh, are you sure? Like, what if you fail versus in like the U S it's like, yeah, go for it. Like you're going to learn so much. So I think culturally, um, it's very, a very interesting topic, but personally, I don't really believe in failure. I think just, mm. it's all just lessons. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's so interesting. And another thing like to consider, like, you know, that there's also like culture aspects of like what that hold us back from like doing what we actually want to do. And uh, and it's so interesting because I, I also don't really believe in it. Um, and here we are with our cultural conditioning and we're both like, screw that. Uh, but it's so true. like. I also noticed that just in general, yeah, basically what you were just saying, the same example, when I started like working for myself in the US, when I, I also lived in New York, um, I think we talked about it before once and maybe there was even an overlap or not, I don't remember. But anyways, um, I remember people being like, oh my God, that's so exciting. And, you know, I was like, it's kind of like this artist life. You have a day job and you're trying to figure this thing out. And I'm just, oh my God, so cool, go for it. And then in Germany, everybody's like, uh, you sure? Like, but how I like, <laughs> what's the plan? Like, how are you going to pay for your rent? <laughs> like, all like the safety security questions. You're like, uh, and the like plan, like, what's the plan? I'm like, yeah, don't know, man. One step at a time. It's the plan. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so interesting. Okay. There's another topic that I would love to talk about um, because I think it's so relevant, especially for women which is uh, re re you recently um, started the process of freezing your eggs. I like, I hope it's okay. We, we totally. talked about that a little bit. Uh, what made you, what made you do that? Or like what, yeah, what, yeah. Made you start the process. Yeah. So the process or the, the reason basically, I mean, I went to the gynecologist last year. She was like, you're 35, you're single. <laughs> is this something you want to consider? <laughs> And I was like, oh yeah, I guess I'm 35. So, um, I have the money right now, so I might as well just do it. Yeah. 
And I really thought that it was going to be super easy. I'm a very healthy person. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I'll just do it. Then I'll have them Mm. if I want to use them or not. Like I can decide later. And it actually, unfortunately, was like quite a tough journey for me because Mm. I only got two eggs Mm. and they recommend you freeze at least 10 to 20 if you want to have really high chances of getting like a good egg. (laughs) So yeah, it was actually a super tough journey. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I just had someone message me yesterday and was like, you know, like it only takes one egg and she's Mm. about to have her baby and she only had one frozen embryo. Mm. So I'm kind of glad that I did it, but it was really tough. It was really tough. And I think it's definitely a topic that isn't talked about enough. And, you know, also there's so many barriers like in, I'm in Portugal, so it only cost me like two and a half thousand dollars versus I know friends who've done it in the US, it's like 10K, 20K, like it's so much money. Like it's literally for a procedure that takes 15 minutes. And, you know, often like when you're in your thirties or late thirties or early forties, it's just not as easy to Mm -hmm. get to that number. So I think by talking about it more, by like normalizing it, we can maybe help women think about this at an earlier stage and just, you know, also sharing that it's, it's okay to be in your thirties and be single and, you know, it's okay to want to have children. It's okay not to want to have children. Like all of these things that society expects from us, it's all BS. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, what I've wondered in that context is like, when you have your own business, like, are you like, does it mean, so is this like something also to consider that you are, you're going to be, a lot more focused on like bringing that forward versus if you're just going to an office, you're doing what somebody else telling you to do more or less, like, you know, um, and is it even as an, like, or especially as an entrepreneur, like a female entrepreneur, really important to like, yeah, think about these questions that we talked about in the beginning also, right? Because, uh, it's just a different life choice. So do you feel like it's, it's related to, to entrepreneurship? Yes. And no, I think, just for women in general, because, you know, it can happen that you're like in a relationship, like one of my best friends, she was in a relationship for a really long time. She always knew she wanted to have kids. Uh, she had like a very stable job. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, actually, I don't want to get married. And I definitely don't want to have kids. So we should probably break up. And here wow. she was like mid thirties. And it's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I definitely still want this. So like, what can I do about it? Yeah. So I think it's really more of a a general topic, but I think, yeah, there's still too many hurdles in too many countries where it's just financially, like who has $20,000 lying around? Yeah. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting that, because I kind of always also assumed it's a little bit, I mean, I didn't think about much, but it's a little bit, you know, career related maybe, but it's true. Like you could be in a relationship with somebody and then suddenly that is over and and there you are. Why do you think it's not talked about that much? I think because, I mean, I think things are changing, but you know, like I grew up in a small town in in the South of Germany. Mm -hmm. I am now, (laughs) I think the only person from my year from high school who is not pregnant or doesn't have kids. At least 
as I know. And I mean, I also lived a very different life. Most of them still live in Germany or maybe mm. some did like a gap year, went back, got married quite young. Mm. So I think a lot of people still live that traditional, you know, like my brother went to uni, had a girlfriend, got married, had a baby. Now they have a house. Like it's that very traditional life. Mm. I do think that's changing a little bit, especially now. I think it's going to be interesting with like the whole remote working space mm -hmm. like I live in Lisbon and right now it just seems like every guy is polyamorous <laughs> so while well, that's like a topic for another day probably yeah. um but I do feel like things are shifting as people are maybe stopping to live that very traditional you know get a job get a wife mm -hmm. get a house mm -hmm. kind of life yeah like uh yeah totally and and I think it's that there there isn't a lot of role models right like people like you who kind of like you know moved abroad like moved away from like their home country like percentage wise probably the smaller percentage of people yeah. right like you were saying like even just in with the people that you graduated from high school with and there isn't a lot of kind of like role models unless like it's like you know like j-lo or like a, a total different like kind of yeah. like level of financial um i don't even know stability or like it, it's just a different that's a different uh, a total different vibe but um you know like because um it, there is so many and i feel like this is kind of what our whole conversation is about that there's like so many like different ways to do things right and you can have a family and still not buy a house and uh, a car and go to your stable job like you know your stable job like there's so many not conventional ways to have certain things you know totally. um, and and i think it's there isn't enough role models for that there is the i go travel the world and i you know i work for myself and uh, i'm like hyper independent and there is i i stay where i come from i marry my high school sweetheart and uh, we buy a house and have kids right and, and but there's like actually so much in between mm -hmm. um, totally um and and you don't need to for example buy a house or or subscribe to this like traditional um idea to have some of the things still totally you know yeah um, a lot of gray zone <laughs> a lot of gray zone yeah What is one piece of advice you have for any woman who is maybe thinking about following a passion project or, or starting her own business or, you know, creating a way to get passive income? Any piece of advice you have for, for any woman in particular who's considering um, starting her own business from what you've learned in the last seven years? Oh, that's a difficult question. I mean, overall, I think the number one piece of advice would be just go for it. Yeah. Like learn from people who've done it mm. because yes, there's a lot of information online, but you can definitely fast track your way yeah. by learning from someone, whether it's taking an online course or, you know, getting a coach or something like that. Yeah. Definitely having that strong why behind it like why are you doing it and holding the vision because yeah. that will really help you get through the tough times because mm -hmm. 
unfortunately, I would love to lie and say like, you know, yes, you can just decide to do it. And then overnight you become a success. The overnight success stories typically have a backstory that they don't share. (laughs) So as long as you hold the vision and you know, like why you're doing this and what you're doing it for and what you like focus on what you want to create, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you're 65, if you're 25, I literally have worked with women in their sixties who are blowing up. So Mm -hmm. it's never too late. It's never too early. Um, Just do it like wherever you are right now, it's the perfect Mm -hmm. time to start. I love that, especially like also this, like being connected to the why, because in the tough moments, um, it will keep you going. Um, And if you're doing something from a pure strategic point of view, like this is a great idea, this is a good business model, which people do, right? Or like, uh, I have a, you know, this could, people would invest in that, like investors would, would invest in this sort of like, cool, um, but where is the energy going to come from that you will need to move it forward? So, yeah, I think that's so important. So, and, and still, although people talk about it, it's a bit underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anything else you want to share, you want to leave people with, um, besides also where they can find you, which I'm going to link in the show notes. So, yeah. Um, I mean, best way to find me is on Instagram at Carla Biesinger. And I'm always happy to answer any questions if you send me a DM and tell me you have me on Sophia's podcast. I would love to just share any resources or anything and any, answer any questions you have. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you for listening to Human at Heart. You can sign up to be part of my community at sophiaonearth.com And follow me on Instagram at Sophia on Earth. Until next time, stay human.